If you don't know me, I think everybody in here knows me. If you don't know me, I'm Hunter. Um, I am the youth pastor around here. Um, but uh, Michael is uh, just a little bit on the sick side. And by a little bit, I mean ouch. Um, so he asked me to come speak to you guys tonight. Um, so if I make references or things to things that don't pertain to adults, it's because I spend most of my time with not adults. So um, just bear with me if I say something ridiculous. Laugh even if it's not funny, if you can. Grace has gotten good at it over the years. Um, anything else before I go into the message? Anybody got anything cool or fun that happened this week or in the last little bit? No? Cool. So uh, tonight, um, the title of my message, if you're keeping up with a title, is A New OS. And I don't mean OS. I mean operating system. <laughs> Some of you have uh, OS handles in your car, you know? <laughs> Not that kind of OS. <laughs> um, I, I mean operating system. So when I say OS tonight, it's not OS, it's operating system. Is that clear? So we're there, huh? Uh, I'm not going to say the word, no. He's recording me. <laughs> I know. But um, a, a couple weeks, well, it's actually probably been about a month now. A month ago, um, I did a thing, and I got rid of everything Apple that I owned. And um, it was, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to start a war tonight. I, I don't participate in the war. I did not get off of Apple because I hated Apple or because they wronged me or because I think it's inferior. None of those things are what I thought. Um, I, I've been an Apple fanboy for as long as iPhone has been around. I had iPhone 1. I had the first iPad. I worked at Apple as a genius for two years. Um, they took away my genius status. That's why I say dumb things now. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, it explains a lot, right? My guy's Bible study is like, hmm, we get it. But... Um, but anyway, the title of my message tonight is a new OS, and I think a lot of times when we start looking at getting a new operating system naturally when it comes to our phones or, or dealing with something new uh, in, in something that we don't understand or something that's new to us in general, there is a lot of parallel to, to what happens when we get born again and a lot of parallel to what happens to what we have to do to our lives if, um, if we take the time, Abby's over there like, hold on, let me pull my notes up because I was there for this message in youth. <laughs> Don't you spoil. <laughs> but look, I'm going to start tonight in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If you're reading along, it's, I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished Behold, everything is fresh and new. So when we get saved, we become a new creation. Most of us understand this concept, but a lot of us don't take the time to think about what that means. What do we have to do to become a new creation? What are some of the things? So tonight, I want to lead you through some really basic concepts that you've done, whether you've switched from Android to iPhone, iPhone to Android, or if you've simply changed from iPhone to iPhone or Android to Android and gotten new phones or an OS upgrade. I want to I take some time 
and in parallel a couple things that you have to do and, and maybe help you understand a couple of spiritual concepts that way. Can I be like Jesus a little bit tonight in teaching a parable? Cool. So what's the first thing you do when you get a new operating system? When you get a new phone, when you, when you just, just started up your new device that you've never used before, what do you have to do? You have to set it up. Don't read my notes. <laughs> you have to set it up. Everything about a new device or a new operating system can be different mildly or majorly, depending on what your shift is, what your switch is. It can be vastly different in the way that it functions, and you have to take a moment and set things up. There's a difference to the way that the world's operating system works from the way that the kingdom operating system works. There's a vast difference from the way that we live when we don't live for Christ versus what we live like when we operate in the spirit of Christ, right? The world's way of living is self. It's self-serving. It's self-prioritizing. It's self-preserving. It's self-promoting. And it's self-supplying. When we live in the world, everything focuses back to what is for me. Sorry, Austin, I just smacked the crap out of that microphone. It's what can I do for me? How can I protect me? How can I advance me? How can I better me? How can I focus on me? What I do means more than what everything else is. What I have means more than everything else does. If I have something to do and it's on my agenda and somebody else brings something on their agenda, even if their agenda says they're saving the world and my agenda says I'm going to Starbucks, in my mind, Starbucks is more important. That is how self works. Self brings everything back to me. The world's OS always revolves back to me. What am I getting out of it? What is it doing for me? God's kingdom way, the OS of the kingdom, is obedience, selflessness, God-serving, and dependent on someone else than you. A lot of times we get so sucked into this self-mentality. This worldly mentality that says, I have to do everything to make sure that number one is number one. I have to make sure that what I am and what I'm trying to do and what I feel like I should be doing is, is the best thing for me. And it's, the pri it's my priority. It's on the front of my mind. It never goes away. Whereas the kingdom of God consistently asks us all through the New Testament, Jesus and Paul talk about dying to self, self-sacrifice. Be becoming a living sacrifice. There's consistency throughout the world. The word uh, of what we should do with our bodies. Become a living sacrifice. Lay ourselves down. The greatest amongst you is the servant. Consistently, it's a, it's a theme through the entirety of the Bible that the lower I go, the more humble I am, the more less about myself I am, the greater I am in the kingdom of God. Because when I try to elevate myself, pride comes before the fall. But when I'm humble in my way, God seeks to elevate me. He seeks to exalt me. So there's a little bit of a difference in the way those two systems work. And the first thing you have to do when you open a new phone and you set a new phone up is go through the process of setting it up. Some things I've noticed, some things when I switched from iPhone to Android, there were things that no matter how good they were, I could not bring with me because they didn't work in the operating system. I had this app that I loved. I've, I've grown beyond it because my, my good friend Taj here has helped me. But 
But before Taj was giving me workout plans, I had this app. It was called Shred. If you have an iPhone, it's awesome. You sign up for it, it's completely free. You take it to the gym, you hit go on your workout. It guides you through your whole workout, gives you all the exercises, videos on how to do all the exercises, weight recommendations. In between sets, it counts down as a timer and starts beeping your ear like, hey, you've waited too long, go to the next set. So on and so forth, it's awesome. And it all integrates with iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. So I was like, dude, this thing is cool. And it kept me working out for like the first two weeks of my plan. And then I changed OSs. I changed operating systems. And when I got to my new operating system, I went through the Google Play Store, frantically looking for the app, and it did not exist. And it put me in this moment of, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I immediately called Taj and said, Taj, I need help. <laughs> I'm going to get fat again. <laughs> I had to evolve beyond it. I had to find a new way of operating because something that was a part of the old system did not carry over to the new system. There are things that you operated in, methods and, and ideologies that you operated in when you were in the world, when you were living wrong, when you were living in sin, that do not translate to what you live in today. And if you try to make it translate, it will not bring self-promotion or self-preservation. It will bring self-harm. When we try to operate in the way of the world amongst the kingdom, we begin to notice things going on in our lives that we didn't notice before. Have you ever thought about the fact that there are some things you did that were really sinful before you lived for God that you didn't think anything about, but now when you make that mistake, it stays with you for days? Because when we start living for God and we start trying to do the right thing, the enemy comes just right alongside, tries to come right alongside Holy Spirit. And every time we mess up, he tries to bring something called condemnation. Condemnation is not from God. Conviction is God will ask you to do better. He will burn in you to do better. He will burn in you to live righteously. But he will not bring shame. He will not bring guilt. That's not God's way. But the enemy comes alongside when we start trying to live right and he starts bringing condemnation. And every time we mess up, something seems way more impactful than it did before. You were numb to sin before, but because you've been born again and brought things with you to the new operating system of the kingdom, now those things don't fit. And every time you try to start that program, it glitches out. Every time you start that, that, that process, it doesn't operate within the new operating system. So the whole thing about you goes, I don't understand. Why does this hurt now? God, are you hurting me? God, why would you do this to me? I thought you loved me. And God's in heaven going, yo, yo, yo. I want you to do better, but that ain't coming from me. But we start to notice things that don't fit within our operating system when we start to live right or even attempt to. We have to set things up properly. We have to realize what comes with us and what doesn't. I think a lot of believers get into their 20th year of living for God and have still brought something that's from the old operating system into their new way of living. And they don't know why they've never advanced by beyond point A. They're looking at point B saying, God, when am I going to get to the next thing? God, your word says I'm going from glory to glory to glory. God, I've never gone from glory to glory. I got to glory when you've saved me, but I've never moved from glory to glory. Why is that, God? And God's going, uh... Well, if you drop that 75,000 pound weight that you carried in the door with you, 
you might get to be able to get somewhere. And a lot of people have lived their entirety of their Christian walk carrying stuff with them that doesn't work in the new system. It's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. You keep pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and pushing and pushing to try to get to the next thing in God. And God's saying, if you'll just shave the edges off, you'll fit. But that crap can't come with you. Some things have got to be shed off. Some things have got to be let go of in order to exist and, uh, and thrive within a new operating system. You have to set your phone up properly. You know what? The, the thing that happened the most when I worked at Apple, I took somewhere between 40 and 60 appointments a day from the Genius Bar. 40 and 65, 10 minutes of 10 minute appointments in, in a shift is typically what my day was. And, and in that day, at least 30 of those appointments would be somebody forgot their password to their email account. And I had to spend 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes trying to go through the process of recovering their password so that they could get back into their email because they got a new phone and now they want to blame the phone in the way that the phone works for their stupidity. Can I preach? A lot of people blame God for what's going wrong in their life, the pressure they feel, the conviction that they feel, the burn that they feel. They blame God. They say, God, why do you hate me? And God's looking like, what? You forgot your password? And it's Apple's fault? I'm telling you, at least 30, point, 30 appointments out of 45 appointments at least would literally be, oh, Apple obviously doesn't care about his customers if, if you know, they don't give away to, to, to get through this. No, we give away. It's called the re password recovery. You can do it on appleid.apple.com. And they'd be like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And I'd be like, it's really simple. You put your email address in, and then it asks for a couple of security questions. Well, I don't remember the answers that I gave to the security questions. What do you mean? You don't remember what street you grew up on? Well, I don't. Every time I put my birthday in here, I, I, uh, it, it doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't work. Like, did you put your birthday in? Well, I, obviously, Apple doesn't care. The only way Apple's going to fix this in my mind is if you give me a new phone. And that's the way the way a lot of us treat God. That's the way a lot of us treat religion. We are expecting the benefit package of the operating system to work without us using it within its contained understanding. We're over here using the phone as a freaking thing to break windows with. And God's asking you to communicate. We're over here using the Bible to beat people up with on a regular basis and saying they're not good enough when God's saying use the word to show them my love. We're over here using it for what it's not intended to be used for. And then we look at God and go, God, why is it not working? It's clearly your fault. You clearly don't know what you're doing, God. We have to set things up right. I'm sorry, I'm trying to go fast, guys, but I'm probably going to preach too long. The second thing you've got to do once you get into your phone is adjust your settings. Have you ever had to adjust your settings in your phone? The day I got this phone, I was super excited because I was told by everything I read online and by the guys in the store and all my research that this phone's battery 
was going to make my iPhone's battery look like a hunk of junk. I was so excited. Everything I was reading online was like, your, your phone could last three days without a charge. I was like, what? You kidding? And I got out the first day with my phone, and it's 1.30 in the afternoon, and I have 32% on my battery. I was like, I took this thing off the charger at 9. My iPhone lived until about 11 o'clock at night every night. What in the world? What's going on? So I started researching online. Why is, why is my battery stopped dying? Why, why is my battery dying so fast? And I found a series of settings within the operating system that are absolutely useless, that do nothing for the phone, that drain the battery beyond all belief. Like absolutely destroy the battery life and do nothing for me. It happens on the iPhone too. There's, if any of you iPhone users, if you want to check your settings, you can. If your phone that ba battery dies really quick, check your settings. Look for the setting called background app refresh. If background app refresh is on, your phone will die twice as fast as it's supposed to die. And you know how many times you'll notice the difference of it being on and off? Even if you're a power user. Even if you use the crap out of your phone, you will never notice the difference. The processor's too fast. It's a useless feature, but it's still in the operating system, and it kills the battery left and right. It's a useless feature. I had to find those. Literally, I, I went through all the settings. I've got 32% on my battery, right, at 1.30 in the afternoon, 32% on my battery. My battery is projecting to live for another three hours. I'm like, God, this battery sucks. Went in, adjusted the settings, refreshed my battery left over, and it goes, you have 36 hours on your battery life. I said, I have 30% left, and I have 36 hours on my battery life? Let's go. I'm happy now. And, and, and it, like, all turned. I was like, I'm so, so, so happy. It all turned. What options in your life have you left on, or have you yet to turn on, that are hurting your per performance? I think there's a lot of times where we leave optional things on in our lives. We leave things that, that we don't need on in our lives that consistently drain our capability of doing what we're supposed to do for the kingdom, what we're supposed to do for God, the responsibility that we're supposed to carry for what he's doing, we leave things that are optional on consistently that destroy our battery life. We're out of energy all the time. We don't understand why. But you know what we left on all day? Worry. Worry is interest paid on something I may never own. I spend all day worrying and the thing that I worry about doesn't happen. What do I do with all that time? I might as well throw it in a grinder might as well waste it in any way I could have found. I could have slept all day. I could have had peace. Man, I could have, I could have finished a new rap song. I could have, man, I could, have, I could have done something productive. I could have played with my kids. I could have carried my head high. I could have got through my work day without being stressed out because the worry took me to the point of stress because I didn't get my responsibilities done because I was so busy worrying that I wasn't working. 
And I got to the end of the day and I looked at my quota and I said, God, I got to get through this quota. And that stress builds upon stress. Did you know stress is like the leading factor of death in the world? Like legitimately, clinically studied, stress leads to so many other things. And we allow it to exist in our life freely. We give our life to it. How many optional things have we left on? How many things that aren't sin that God's asked you to give up that you've left on? My wife and I have been in, the, in, a, in a, a season of um, pruning because a revelation came to us through my little sister of all people. We were in Texas, and some of you might have heard this or read this in some of Allie's blogs or whatever she's posted. But my sister said something very significant last time we were in, in Dallas. And she said, you know, the thing that God's been talking to me about is that anything that I hesitate to give him, that's an idol. Not anything that I won't give him. Anything that I hesitate to give him. That wrecked me. That wrecked me on so many levels. It's still wrecking me. Every day, God will be like, do this. And I'll be like, eh. And it's at that moment, like, oh, crap. I got to do this. <laughs> God did it to me last week on the Stairmaster. I got off the Stairmaster after 25 floors on the Stairmaster. I did 25 floors in like three minutes. I, I, get, off, I get off the Stairmaster. I sit down. My heart rate's probably over 200 beats per minute. I'm huffing and puffing like, oh, my God. And God goes, get up. Never had God be my personal trainer in the gym before. It's scarier than you'll ever be, Taj. <laughs> Never had God be my personal trainer, but he said, get up. And I went, stood up, and he said, turn around and do it again. I said, I can't. He said, do it. It's like, oh, God. He said, and by the way, why you do it, rap. And I said, what? And he said, and he told me, he said, put the track for Seek on. None of you guys know what that is yet. Put the track for Seek on and wrap the whole thing under your breath while you're doing it. I said, I can't do that. And he said, if you can't do it now, you won't be able to do it later. Do it. I said, and the whole time, every time I wanted to stop, every time I wanted to hurt, I'm like at the end of myself, that stupid phrase is coming up in my head. Anything that I hesitate to give God is an idol. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I making rest my idol? Wait a minute. Am I, am I making my possibility that I can't do something an idol? When God said I can do it, like, oh, God. The whole time, I mean, like, serious, like, Warfare. The whole time I'm, I'm working out and I'm like, man, I don't want to work out like this anymore. <laughs> but, but what are you doing? What are you leaving on in your life? Or what have you yet to turn on that's hurting your performance? Some of us have not turned on this thing called prayer. Some of us haven't turned on intercession. Some of us haven't turned on the optional thing of praying in tongues. Some of us haven't turned on worship. 
Some of us, these optional things, God's not going to send you to hell because you don't pray in tongues. That's not, it's not a requirement for heaven. But I promise you, you turn it on and the things of the world start to shift. God's not going to send you to hell because you didn't worship enough. As long as you're giving your all, he's happy. But I'm telling you, our bishop said it best. You can worship your way through anything. There has never been a, a hard season of my life that I have not been able to turn some worship music on and sit in the presence of God and in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? It means I don't get it, but I have peace. Chaos is all around me. Everything's going nuts, but I have peace. Some of us have left that option off. We get in the middle of stress. We get in the middle of frustrations, and we're like, oh, I'm going to go punch a wall. God's sitting in the background going, if you'd put some worship music on and raise your hands, I could fix that. He's looking like the guy on holes. <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvelous, be to our God's, uh, God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sac sacred living sacrifice, and live in holiness, experience all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideas, the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Oh, let me read this part again. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. You know, the next thing I had to do when I changed OSs was after I got my settings adjusted and my battery stopped dying really quick. I've had to spend from the time that that happened to now and still every day working through it, acclimating to this system. You know what's different about this than my iPhone? What's different is where the exclamation point is on the keyboard. On my iPhone, I've been typing on iPhones for so long that I could type like this and get my message out and it'd be legible. I've been working with iPhones so, so, so long that on my keyboard, I can be going, I mean, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm, we having a conversation, in-depth text going out. No worries. I have no worries in the world of autocorrect messing me up. On this thing, man, I've sent some doozies. I have sent some rough, botched, look like my little brother texted somebody text messages. Because I'm not acclimated to the way that this system works yet. Still learning. Still adjusting. It feels awkward sometimes. I came into the office a couple of days after I got my phone. And Danielle, that was just in here, she was really excited when I switched to iPhone because she's like Android fangirl. And she always makes fun of all the staff because almost all the staff besides her has iPhones. So when I switched, she was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah really excited about it. 
Don't tell her I did that. <laughs> no promises. She was really excited. I mean, she was consistently talking about, oh, we're so glad. Her and, and, um, and Kayla Rendak both texted me, we're so proud of you. They were so excited. But I came into the office like two days after I got my phone, and I'm trying to get like the Sam's list from her or something. And in the middle of that, I'm trying to look something up to figure something out. And I got stuck. I could not get the app to do what I wanted it. Because you know what I'm still adjusting to? Having a back button. Like the whole back. Like there's all kinds of apps everywhere that don't have an arrow on it to go back. Because they expect you to use the back button. But my brain's like, where's the freaking arrow? So literally, I walk into the office, and I'm absolutely embarrassed. Standing here, here I am. I'm typically the guy that people go to for tech advice. Like, I build computers. I work in tech. I've done it like a long time. So here I am, that guy. And I'm standing here trying to back out of a stupid Google article. And I can't figure out how to go back. And I don't want to go to the home page. I want to go back a page. So I keep going, whoop, to go home. And I go home, I'm like, crap, that's not what I want. Go back into the app. Do it again. Go back into the app. Do it again. Go back. Like, what is going on? I finally looked at Danielle and I said, how do I do this? And she says, just hit the back button. Mmm. I was very frustrated. A lot of times, people who walk into the ways of the Lord, who start living for God, they see the way He operates, they see they, His way of doing things, and they think legalistic, rules, no fun. This isn't what I want to do. This doesn't look like, this is not how I do things. And they think, well, this clearly just doesn't work. And they judge a new system. They judge a new way of living entirely within a couple hours. Why is it that when you get on YouTube and you look for videos of people who've switched from iPhone to Android or Android to iPhone, they don't say, I used an iPhone for a day or I used an Android for a day. They don't say that. They say, I used an Android for a month. I used an iPhone for a month. Why is it? Because if you take one day and apply a new system to your life and judge the system based on that one day with that alchemation, you'll say, this system's not as efficient. This system doesn't work as fast. I can't accomplish things the way that I see myself accomplishing in them. If you bring the mindset of I'm going to operate the way the world tells me to operate. I'm going to operate in that self mindset, that self way of thinking. Into your walk with God, you will have road bumps. You will have things that slow you down. There will be things in the way of God that seem exhausting, slow, and unproductive. But if you take time to acclimate, if you take the time to learn what is happening, you'll start to realize that there's more than meets the eye. You'll, you'll learn that there's more going on than you realize. Something happened. 
This is bonus. Something happened with this phone this week that was really awesome. It made me like, ha! I, I pulled up the NFL stream off the Reddit to watch the Bucks play last Thursday. I'm a Bucks fan, if y'all don't know. Um, not Ohio State, Tampa Bay, NFL. Yeah. Um, it's not as rough as your life. <laughs> but I pulled the game up, and I started watching the game, and I'm in the middle of watching the game. And when I used to watch games like this on my iPhone, every time somebody would text me, I would have a conundrum happen. It would pop up on screen, and I have to decide, do I want to respond to this person? And if I respond to this person, I'm going to have to rebuffer the game. Or do I want to ignore them and keep watching the game and rebuffer it later? It happened every single time. There was this conundrum that came across my screen. Do I want to respond to that or not? It's really bad in NBA season because we'd be like in the finals and people like, did you see that? And I'd be like, I'm not responding to you. And then 20 seconds later, but did you see that? I'm not responding to you. <laughs> I don't want to reload this. But something happened last Thursday when I got on this phone. More was happening than I understood because I got a text message. And I went, it's a timeout. I can reload it. Ain't a big deal. And I backed out. You know what the video player did? It shrunk to the corner and kept playing. And I was like, aha! <laughs> and I responded to the text message and then clicked it again. And I was like, it never stopped. Oh my gosh. And I ran to Allie. I'm like, look what my phone did. <laughs> and she's like, so? <laughs> she don't watch videos on her phone. She don't understand. So? But there was more happening than I understood. Now, can I preach it? A lot of times we live our lives and we see things going on and we only see what's on the surface and we don't understand what's happening in the background. The Bible says he works all things together for the good of those who love him. A lot of us go through hardships like people in our family dying or, or, or somebody leaves you or somebody betrays you or something negative happens in life and all we can see is the surface and we look up to heaven and we go, why God, why? Without understanding the fullness of what's happening in the background, I'm not saying God causes pain. That's not his intent. It doesn't say that God causes things to happen and then makes them work for your good. It says he makes all things work together for the good. So when the enemy comes and attacks, when negative things happen in life, when stuff goes wrong, when people, humans, make decisions that don't line up with the word of God and it causes consequences in the earth, God still takes those wrong decisions. He still takes that evil that happened in the world. And for those that love him, he shifts it and makes a way for it to work for our good. But all the time, we only see the surface of what's going on. We only see what's happening right there. If we take the time to get acclimated to the system, we'll start to see the way God's operating in our lives. And when God goes and puts us through something like, like when we were in Orlando, the, the last couple years of us being in Orlando, after we got married, about 
Five months after we got married, my dad's wife at the time decided to cheat on him and leave him. At the time, it was chaos. At the time, all of our staff meetings, which consisted of me, my wife, and my dad, because we were the only three people on staff at the church, all of our staff meetings turned from being meetings about the church to counseling sessions where we literally held my dad while he wept. For months on end, all we did was console him and help him through something. And all the weight of the church fell on us. We preached. We led worship. We planned the events. We made sure things were happening. We vacuumed the floors. Everything from cleaning the building, because that was something that she did, to leading worship, to finding someone, one of the elders that could speak that week, all of it fell to us. And we were like, this is a great first year of marriage. At the time, all it seemed like was a bunch of chaos. But by the time that we moved here, we had the experience that was required to go through some crazy stuff and to understand what it meant to be under pressure, to understand what it meant to be hated by people that didn't like your decisions, to understand what it meant to have people not like you because you were there. We understood all that. So when we got here and there was craziness going on here, instead of looking like getting hit by a truck, it looked like the next step. And God turned something that was intended to take us out into something that gave us the experience to carry the weight of things that we shouldn't have been able to carry at 24, 23, no, 22. I don't say this to brag, that's not my intent. When I meet most people, most people think I'm a lot older than I am. I'm not saying that to brag. I don't want to look older than I am. Huh? It's the beard. No, they did it before that. But the reason that is, the reason people see me that way is not because I am holier than thou. It's not because I reached level seven in the kingdom. It's not because I paid extra money to get to the front of the line. I didn't get a fast pass. It's because God let me go through some stuff and we were willing to adapt to the system as we walked through it in order to grow to the capability. The word says he gives you grace that's according to what you got to go through, right? His grace is sufficient. A lot of us haven't taken the time to acclimate to the system and understand what's going on in order to be capable of walking through the system and realizing when something's uncomfortable and you don't know where the back button is, it's not time to go, oh my God, this phone doesn't work. It's time to look at somebody who knows what they're doing and say, hey, what's happening? Because the phone worked fine the whole time I was in Danielle's office, but I was too stupid to use it. Huh? I'm a geezer. I am a geezer. It's okay. If I'm a geezer, though, he's dust. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> huh? I know, right? 
Thanks, Michael. <laughs> if, if we acclimate to the system, if we start allowing God to operate within us, and we take the time to when we don't understand something, we do what the Word says, study to show yourself approved. That doesn't just mean go read the Bible aimlessly and maybe you'll figure something out. It means read it with objective or find somebody who knows more about it than you do. We're not alone. The Bible says, let no man be an island unto themselves. When it's time to grow, sometimes that means finding somebody that can grow us. So I hope you haven't heard me as beating you up tonight, but I, I believe that God is getting ready to grow some people that are ready to grow, that are willing to grow. God's getting ready to, to start unlocking new parts of the way that your system works. If you're willing to adapt to the system in the way that it's supposed to work. If you're willing to learn to operate within it instead of trying to operate against it. If you're willing to carry the things into the system that are supposed to and abandon the things, leave the things behind that don't work within the system. If you're willing to adjust, find out what the things are that aren't working for you, that aren't helping you, that are expending way too much energy, that, that don't help you, that don't further you in any way but hurt your performance when it comes time for, to do what you're supposed to do. If you're willing to take the time to learn what he's about. God's getting ready to do some things. At the risk of sounding silly, God's getting ready to show the world some aha moments when the player doesn't go away when you hit the home screen. God's ready to use you like that. That's silly, I know. But God's ready to use you to create an aha moment for some people. To create the aha moment that says, there's God. I see God. If you're willing to adjust to a new OS. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you would just begin to absolutely wreck us. Lord, that you would wreck every agenda, every plan, every thought process that we have that doesn't look like you. Lord, that you would help us to see where you are, where you're going. God, that you'd help us to operate within your system. Lord, we know your ways are better than our ways. Your thoughts are better than our thoughts. Your, everything that you do is more complete and more capable than anything that I could do. So God, I ask that you'd help us to surrender to your ways and to live within your operating system so that we can help the kingdom see advancement in the earth, so that we can see people saved, so that we can change our own lives and see other people's lives changed permanently and for the better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. I hope you got something out of it. <laughs>